1: Hello and welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson.
2: And me, Jane McGuire.
1: Today we're talking with running coach Tom Craggs about bass training. We're all about that bass this week.
3: <laughs> well, Rick, what, insert that- the
2: jingle here, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Get the guitar.
3: Well, see, and we could also go We could also go Public Enemy on this one, isn't it? Bass. How low can you go? That one, you know, there's, there's all sorts of musical things we could yeah. bring to this podcast. <laughs>
1: You're right. I'd, I'd, have to put, I'd actually have to be playing a bass guitar, wouldn't I? I feel like that's... It demands that. Or maybe a double bass. Oh, a bit a double, jazzy. It's too much bass. Boom, 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 boom. Anyway, moving on. Jane, how's your running?
2: How's my running? It's... Do you know what? It's going okay, actually. I'm still... I was thinking this morning, actually, still doing the Joy Plan. Has it been a year? I think it's been oh a year. Oh, my God. A year. Yeah, nearly a year. 11 months. 11 months of the Joy Plan. Didn't do any races, did I? But here I am. <laughs>
1: Still, are, you have, are you are you enjoying it? Are you are you enjoying your running more than ever? Yeah, I
2: think I am. I think I'm doing about probably about 20 miles a week. So I'm not you know not breaking any records, but um, still getting over the old ankle injury that came in the summer. And yeah, just kind of just enjoying it. Still running for joy. Still doing faster bits when I want. Still doing a lot of Peloton cycling. You know, just doing doing exercise I like has. Been fun, but how about you both? Lovely.
3: I think the bit. I think the joy plan is possibly our greatest export from this thing. Yes. Yeah, I think, it's, so. is, I think it's, <laughs> it's. It's the thing that's referenced the most. I think, um,
2: just, I think it's just a, a plan we should all follow, and maybe, maybe I wasn't actually. Maybe I didn't invent it. Maybe I copied it from someone. But I think it's worked. <laughs> I think it's worked. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's
3: fantastic. Um, yeah, running's good. Everything's going quite nicely. The forest is looking exceptional with all its autumn colours. And uh, I went running with uh, my neighbour and a couple of mates uh, yesterday. And I did that. I don't know if this happens with you guys when you meet up with people, but if someone else is in charge of the route, you don't, your assumption is that they've got like a certain distance in their head that matches yours. And right. it turns out that it was much further than that. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, Classic. I thought, alright. And Josh was like, Oh, Josh is my neighbour. He was like, Oh, we're gonna go for a run, John comes like, Yeah, sure. It's Sunday. We've all got kids and stuff. It'll probably be like a ten K. It's an hour. We're probably gonna have you know, slice out of an hour of the day and go for it. Um, twenty K later, Whoa. we got home. <laughs> we got home. I was just a bit like, Oh, that was incredibly lovely and what a lovely treat that was. I've got to go and do some parenting now, but you know, it was like that was the that was the toss up. So um I had a lovely, a very lovely run yesterday, which was through the forest with some people, which is very nice. I don't really often get out with a group. There's four of us. So it's very nice to just sort of run and chat and do all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. So it was lovely. Yeah, it was a very nice day. I've been, Um, I've, I think my running's gone backwards slightly. Okay. But I'm trying to reach
1: a kind of Zen spot with it. So it's uh my, my my troublesome knee has been amazing this year, and I obviously, like I did half marathon, and all that sort of stuff. And for the first time, about two weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, it's starting to hurt a little bit," and then it just got a bit worse. And I was like, "I was probably running maybe five times a week and not thinking about um, it being a problem at all." And I think actually, what I need to do is be a little more cautious this first year. Go back to like three runs a week. I've got a, I've got a rower in, indoors. So I think a couple of rows, three runs. Bit of joy, taking some yeah. of the, the harder stuff out. And I think that's actually how I'm going to uh, have to play it. But I actually don't mind. I kind of think I haven't really got a choice in this. And I quite like variety in a training plan, even when you're training for marathons or longer, more involved things. So I kind of think, actually, I could try to t- turn this into an advantage, become a, a run rower. Yeah. The
3: row runner. I mean, yeah. as a new sport, you like to swim run before Rick. So the run row is now going to be... You run to the Thames, you get in your boat, <laughs> you row somewhere, you get out and you run again.
2: I like it. Perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It might catch on. Maybe this is the I next challenge. Good. I think in
1: Canada, you have it with like, um, I think it's called portaging or something where you carry your kayak across the land and then jump in the water and it's like a bit of an adventure sport. So Canadians Watch are all space.
3: over it. Yeah. Canadians <laughs> are all over it. You think you thought of something new and then guess what? Canada's done it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Although, I Um, think if you were running with a canoe through London, people would think you'd stolen that.
1: Mm, Yeah. It'd have to be a blow-up one. There must be
2: a blow-up one. Yeah. Uh, I'll
1: look into this. Look into this. Keep us
2: updated, please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we were chatting about um, base training with with Tom Craggs this week. So, I mean, my understanding of base training, and there'll be more on this, obviously, is it's a sort of pre- training training program mm. so like you know kind of something that hopefully a lot of spring marathon people will be thinking about now have you ever have you ever done it Jane the marathons that you're training for like the kind of base training and then and then getting into the specifics of yeah like I think training program. Lewis
2: did a lot of this where he was like the only way you get better at a marathon is being consistent so people sign up to a race and they think oh I've got it doesn't start for 10 like I don't know just start training for six weeks and they just do nothing whereas actually if you start from I guess it doesn't really work with a lot of marathons does it because you don't get in in time to even do a base (laughs) training but if you do have the joy like the luxury of doing that I think it's then not as much of a shock is it I think sometimes even like the first week of a marathon training plan you're like what the hell is this and actually if you've kind of got a base, I'm not a running coach but it makes sense to me
1: (laughs) yeah no, I agree. Yeah, even those kind of like the beginner running plans, you bit like, oh, you, if you're going going from zero yeah. to like three runs, even like zero to ten miles, that's quite a shocker for your body, I think. Yeah. Rather than if you're like, well, I've been running once or twice a week anyway. Yeah. Um, this is this is more of a kind of like natural step up.
2: Yeah. Uh, but I guess actually you would have time, wouldn't you? Because if you got into London, you'd already know by now, and you wouldn't need to yeah. start your training plan till January. This is it. So start right now. Listen to this podcast and go for a run now. That's what we're telling people, yeah. aren't we? Just a, sm- just a short one, though. Just a small... Just a, short one. Or, just a base. Or just, you know, do
3: some... Do <laughs> just, some a base, just a base do, one. Do some strength and conditioning, guys. This is, this is the time. This is the time to do it. But uh, Tom. Tom's the guy. He knows what he's talking about. So just hold on. Well, hold fire yeah. for the rest of this podcast. And then, and then you'll be educated.
1: Well, let's, should we get him on, then?
3: God, let's do it.
1: Guest of the Week
3: Guest of the Week, sometimes on the
1: phone, could be an athlete, be a physio a complete So our guest this week is Tom Craggs, who has a monthly column in Runner's World, is one of the UK's foremost running coaches. That's true, Tom, isn't it? Everyone thinks that. Um, well,
4: you, yeah, I mean, Runner's World have to say it, um, <laughs> because... Because I'm writing in there every month. But um, um, whether anybody else thinks it is is at this stage irrelevant. <laughs> I've been platformed, platformed enough to believe my own uh, hype.
1: So we wanted to talk to you about um, base training. So it feels like a good time to talk about base training. Maybe people who are going to do a spring marathon have heard the term base training. Maybe they don't know exactly what it means. So could we start by saying, like, what exactly do we mean when we say base training?
4: Yeah, so um, it's a term which is thrown about a lot, and like a lot of things in, um, in, in sports generally, unfortunately, it probably means different things to different people. Right. Um, and, I, and I guess that the, there's a traditional view of what base training means or like almost like a historical view, Um, and then it's probably a slightly more modern perspective on it. So the the historical view would be that it is a period of, it has been tended to be a period of time, um, often between six and 12 weeks, where runners focus purely on lower intensity running, um, often in slightly higher volumes. So building, and you, you can do that either by Building the length of some of your runs or building the frequency of your runs or or whatever, but time spent at lower intensities um with less interval training, less tempo running, and really focusing on building what you might call um so where we ought to be careful, a term we ought to be careful with, but for want of a better term, building an aerobic foundation, so lots of lower intensity running. Um, and building the kind of base of your pyramid of your running, of which you then layer on your kind of your more intense training later down the line, um, would be the, the, the sort of traditional view of it. Um, slightly more modern view of it would be that a lot of those elements are still correct and that it is a period of training where you're focusing on building the foundations of your training to set up for more specific training later down the line. Um, but that doesn't solely consist of easy running. You know, we mix different intensities in there still. Um, We work on different components of fitness. And so I think the way that we tend as coaches to view base training now is, is perhaps a little bit more varied than the traditional conception of it. It's not necessarily different to what people did do decades ago. I think people still varied their training back then, but it's more like yeah. the, 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 a lot of the assumptions made right on base training. We 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 vary out a little bit more, so it, it's okay. it still involves mixed training, different intensities, but it's really about a period that is setting you up for your training later down the line. If that makes sense, right. yeah, 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 yeah,
3: absolutely. And that's probably why it's such an important part of the training cycle, right? Because it's the foundation. That's why the base training is given time to do, to grow and you know you said six to twelve weeks that's why people focus on it for probably a slightly longer block than other elements of the training block
4: yeah so um, i guess it's a it's a period of time when you would when you're trying to develop <clears throat> the general components of your fitness so a broad span of fitness if that makes sense yeah the broad general foundations of your fitness. Um. We then move into periods, as you get closer to your race, of specifying your training. So that means beginning to cut that training down to focus on the bits that are going to help you most with whatever race it is you're building up towards, whether it's a 5K, whether it's a marathon or an ultra or whatever it is. Um, The base training period is a period where we have a more general view of your training, which is often why um, it is a good opportunity to kind of go and do lower intensity running um because you know you don't have to worry quite as much around i need to hit x minute per mile for this period of time in order to get a pb that's not quite your focus so it gives you the opportunity to to do higher volumes of low intensity training but it is also a period where you might kind of go well maybe i need to do some stuff to work on my pure speed or my strength and conditioning or whatever it is as well um so it's 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 the nuts and bolts i suppose and you you collect together those nuts and bolts and then you build those nuts and bolts into something sort of substantive in the later training phases but it's a period where you collect together all those tools if you like and start to put more tools in your armory
1: if you were going to look at in terms of um say marathon training tom which is probably something that People might be thinking about starting say their spring marathon uh program mid-december or early january how does what does base training look like in those terms and is it actually markedly different to the start of say a marathon program or actually we're talking about things that are broadly similar
4: i i think there's a i think there's a lot of crossover um Although I do think it depends on your level of experience as a, as a runner, yeah. and often we often talk about this and kind of go, what base training might look like for a slightly more performance focused runner might be a little bit different from somebody tackling their first marathon and they're just trying to get round. Yeah. Um, so if you are at more at that sort of performance end, and you're thinking, well, in April I want to be running whatever time for the marathon, you have a specific time goal in mind. Yeah. Um. The early, the foundation periods of your training right now um, might not include huge amounts of running around that goal race pace, but they are. You um, you you have a, a I guess a long term view where you kind of go well the kind of endurance aspects of my training and the speed aspects of my training. I'm 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 carving out the fundamentals now, so that might mean. Um, you know, you're doing hill sprints, or you're, or you're, you're doing strides. You're doing stuff that is actually quite quick, and you're doing combining that with a lot of easy and steady running. Then, as you get closer to your race, you're, you're, you're doing more and more of that time spent running at your goal race pace, if that makes sense. So, so it is, it's 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 those converging lines we've talked about in the past, and and in your base period, that that is that those um, key aspects of your training might be quite. Um, varied. Um, and as you get closer, particularly with the marathon, y- y- your training paces might be a little bit less varied and much more focused down on what you want to do on race day. I think if you're a bit newer to running and you're running your first marathon and you're just looking to get round, there wouldn't be quite as much, there might not be quite as much variety of stimulus. Probably your base period of your or your like setup period before marathon training is probably... It's just a case of getting used to a bit more time on feet. And you can worry about getting faster as you move through your training a bit. But what you're trying to do is, you know, I always used to say this for somebody tackling their first marathon. Let's say you're you're running a marathon for charity in London in April next year. Really trying to get yourself into place by Christmas or turn of the year where you're able to tackle perhaps 10 miles. in in a long run could be a really good place to go it doesn't really matter what that 10 miles looks like it might be very very slow but it's just it's conditioning your body to just get used to more time on feet so there's a bit of subtlety and a bit of difference depending on the level of of running you're at and i think the more experienced you get the more diverse that that uh foundation period probably is
3: is there a sort of a historical uh i don't know lineage to where this base training idea come comes from is it is it something that was adopted early in just general is it it, just, is it does it stem from like physiological like necessity or is it actually a sort of a, a, a training format that someone has pioneered
4: yeah i mean a bit a bit of both i mean there's definitely kind of physiological logic to it yeah in the sense of um uh based from a um I guess, a a fitness point of view. Ultimately, for the majority of races that most runners are going to be tackling, they are primarily um, relying on a strong aerobic system. So the ability to go and run consistently and frequently at lower intensities is very beneficial so there is a like sound logic to it and, and actually you can do all the interval and high intensity sessions in the world but if you can't plug together those intervals in a sustained way to kind of see you through a long period of running, whether it's 10k, whether it's 26.2 miles, whatever it is, all of the interval work and speed work in the world isn't going to help you. So there's there's this kind of sound, I guess, physiological principles to it. But I think the concept of, of of like base training and like a pyramid of training, if you like, where you build the foundations and then you layer on the more specific or more intense periods on top, it's been around the concept's been around a long time but probably most famously lydiard would be the coach who's who's kind of best known for for that those principles of of build the foundations and then get more specific as you go through we might do you know the the, the traditional or the way that a lot of people have thought about to kind of lydiard who was who was um a, a very well known coach in the 60s and 70s um the way that a lot of people have approached Lydiard training. It's not necessarily the way that he did it as a coach himself, if that makes sense, which is why we often ended up with people going, well, I'm base training, so I'm just going to do a lot of of very easy and lower intensity running. That's not actually quite what Lydiard did. But regardless, the principles were very much in his narrative, which is you've got this pyramid of training and that bottom bit of the pyramid is an absolutely essential. And without that, all of the quality work, quality, that's probably a bad term to use, but all of the intense work that you do later down the line is, is is built on really shaky foundations. So get the foundations. They are the thing that will provide, you know, 80%, 90% of the fitness you need for a marathon and 80, 90% of the fitness you need for a 5k come from that those foundations. And then we sharpen it up with the, the, the top of the pyramid later on. So, so there are some sound physiological principles, yes, but in terms of the structure of training and almost the periodization of training, as we'd call it, pretty much stems from, from Lydiard and a lot of Lydiard's thinking. And it's been developed by other coaches and it's been refined and it's been developed. But um, if you want to understand the basis of it, definitely go and read some of Lydiard's stuff. Apply it to your life and make it specific to you in a modern world. But yeah, it's, it's always a, it's a good starting point, I think.
3: This is the Runner's World Podcast.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
2: Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast.
0: Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry?
1: I really like the idea of base training, Tom. I don't know if you agree with this, but I think there's lots of kind of form say, four-month marathon training programs, um and they can just—if you haven't done a lot of running—so you're literally going into a marathon cold. Yeah. Even after two, after two or three weeks, you, your body can have, be doing something or being asked to do something that's so sort of alien to it that the chances of injury, are, I think, become extremely high. Without something like base training, and I actually think that when people talk about marathon training, we should be talking about. If you're new to it, it's kind of six months, and, and at least you know like a month and a half of that being base training. Would you would you subscribe to that?
4: Yeah, and and I think one of the things we always have to be careful of um, as as runners, and I say this as somebody who's written you know countless twelve, fourteen, sixteen week training plans in the build up to, to marathons. And um, the, the thing is, it's not actually a long period of time to train for running twenty six point yeah. two miles fast. And so what ends up happening is if you're following a 16 week training plan and definitely a 12 to 14 week training plan, um, pretty much every week the training progresses, gets a little Mm. bit harder. You know, things are pushing along every week. And that's actually really intense for your body, a really intense process for your body to, to go through. Generally, bodies don't work in an entirely linear progression Like that. Mm. So always being careful when you're looking at a generic training plan to understand that if you're going to follow something that sees you training get a little bit harder in almost like a linear fashion for for 12, 14, 16 weeks, probably in order for your body to hold together, you need something to set up to do that. You, You need a foundation of training that isn't quite as kind of linear. It's it's a difficult one because from a coaching point of view, just whacking a, 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 a like a foundation period of training training plan into a magazine doesn't tend to. It's not. It's not quite exciting for is it? people. Yeah. It, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but I would I would work off the assumption that whenever you see a training plan like that, most of us who have written them are are working off the basis you have a foundation of training in place before you even start that process. Of course, there are some training plans that are literally written for beginners, you know, that, that guide you through, Look, let's just get you around a marathon, you've got 16 weeks, you're starting from scratch, we'll get you around, often as a mix of running and walking. Um, but if you don't have that foundation in place, don't assume that those training plans will work for you. And don't assume that you can shortcut that foundation. You are better, I would say, to to do less specific training and still do the foundation period, if that makes sense. And even if yeah, it means you yeah. only get eight to ten weeks of like more of a specific marathon training, you're better to go through the process of patiently building and allowing your body to absorb like lower-intensity running, you know strides, hills, some strength work, whatever your base training looks like. If you shortcut it, there probably is a slightly higher risk of injury, but you're also you know missing some of the fundamental elements of what 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 it takes to run a good marathon ultimately which is higher volumes of lower intensity running um does it is, is, there,
3: yeah. is there a, a crossover then tom do you think between in that base when you're building that base up it not having to be completely running centric and you can make it as you say less linear so you're sort of it, you, obviously you're needing to condition your body for running but can the base period actually contain cross training and other cardio based things?
4: Yeah. And it's really, it's really important, isn't it? That, that, um, and I think one of the dangers with, because most runners enjoy racing and they like to race the the problem is like most people have always got a race just around the corner that they feel is important to them. So they never allow the time to do the sorts of training that, that, that work well in a in a foundation period of training and a base period of training. Um, because it does involve doing stuff that might not be as easy to do when you're six weeks out from a marathon, four weeks out from a marathon. And that would be um not only cross training, <clears throat> so getting on the bike, getting in the pool, getting on a an elliptical machine, but also your strength and conditioning, your drills, you know, um is is there masses of value in doing high-intensity hill sprints? in your kind of really specific period before the marathon? Well, not really. I mean, there's some value in it, but it's not particularly specific to the marathon. But it's still really important for your long-term development. So where do you do it? You know, if you don't allow the time to to build those nuts and bolts and you're always in some kind of specific period of training for an event, one event or another, you never get the chance to do those. It's no wonder that runners feel like they don't have enough time to do their strength and conditioning or or cross-training. Because they don't allow the time, so you're you're absolutely right. It, it's a period where less specific period of training, which jumping on an elliptical is obviously less specific to a marathon than going out for a run, but it still can be a critical way that you can build training volumes. Um, so yes, more variety definitely is one is one. It's a funny when you say more variety in a base period because often people think of it almost being less in variety. You know, it, they think of it being. Just loads of easy, low-intensity training, but more variety in, in the training modalities you can use if that makes sense. Yeah, get because you because you don't need to be quite as specific. So you definitely get in the pool, enjoy, and have a mental. But it's a period for a mental break as well, isn't it? Um, um, and you can still obviously you're still working your heart and lungs and, and muscles and what have you when you're cross-training, and, and the same with strength I, and conditioning.
3: So I always found that those. Um those base periods were also kind of like skill acquisition was quite an like an, a, a key part mm. of that,
4: and and that's one of the things when I have sort of you know I guess dedicated foundation periods of training, we'd be doing a lot of stuff like running drills um mixed running and strength and conditioning sessions very short hills you know like eight ten twelve second hills that are really focused on or as you say almost like the neurological aspects of of like fast twitch muscle fiber engagement and all of that sort of stuff that we then can kind of extend into more traditional running sessions later down the line um but you've got the space to do them whereas if you've done Let's say you've done 30 Ks worth of hard running at the weekend, expecting yourself to go out on a Tuesday and hit really high intensity, genuine sprinting uphill. It's a really difficult thing to do because you're still carrying fatigue from the weekend. So it's a period where because because you're fatigued, you're not as fatigued from the specific, the really big, challenging, specific sessions. It allows you to kind of go and do other aspects that require an awful lot of like neurological kind of stimulus and, and everything else and do them really well, if that makes sense. So drills, plyometrics, hill sprints that require that kind of zip and pop and speed is really difficult when you're fatigued from from big long runs or big long sessions or whatever. So again, you're you're absolutely right. It's a great opportunity to, to work on that stuff. Um, and similarly with the, the strength and conditioning, however you do it, um obviously some people would do it 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 depends on you as an individual person what your strength and conditioning looks like but it's certainly a good opportunity to um if it's something you want to do and is right for you to lift a little bit heavier for Mm. example to 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 work on some more kind of explosive movement patterns and whatever with your strength and conditioning um because again you're not carrying that the the same level of muscular and kind of neurological fatigue from from the remainder of your training
3: yeah
1: in your experience, Tom, is there, is there a certain type of runner who's particularly bad at kind of buying into base training? Who might be like, "No, no, 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 that sounds really dull. What's going to be the benefit of me jogging around for a month or so?" Or what would you say to those runners?
4: Yeah, I think a lot of us, and myself included, and uh, yes. um, I think me, often what's difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I think the, the difficult thing is we we are very often. Um, uh, Sort of quite short-term goal motivated, mm. and obviously in running, a lot of people set their goals framed around racing and specific races. Whether it's I want to complete this race or I want to run a PB at this distance, um, and you're trying to cram everything in. So let's say you're looking at a twelve-month window and you're trying to cram stuff in. It actually, gets quite difficult. You want to do, let's say, you want to do two marathons a year, but you also want a PB at five k, ten k. Maybe you want to do a bit of cross country or whatever. It's an awful lot to fit in a year, and we're not good as runners at making sacrifices and kind of going. No, actually, I have to. If I want to do the best I possibly can, or develop myself physically as much as I can, I have to make sacrifices. The best runners in the world do it all the time. They have to. You can't do everything. You can't be good at everything all the time. um So, I think a lot of it is about reframing um, goals and 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 we've talked about this before and I know it is a cliche and it's a cliche I use a lot but it, it is a period where you have to you do have to be a bit more focused on goals that are about the process of training because you won't see immediate results necessarily mm. from doing this pro it's not quite as um you, you know you can if you suddenly drop in a load of interval training into your training plan you will probably notice some reasonably quick gains in terms of fitness if your body's ready to do it Mm, um with this it it just there is a bit a bit more kind of faith required um and some people might even feel like they're losing fitness and that scares people you know if you kind of think well I've I've gone for a period of like been doing these long long runs or I've been doing these kind of big interval training sessions with my local club or whatever it is and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing something quite different and I'm not doing that it feels like you're going Easy on yourself, or you've backed off, or and it isn't quite like that. Is it's and it's it's because we get really stuck in these short term sort of periods. Endurance, you know, that really to get in all the stuff you want to get in, you might be looking at a year, two years, three years of, of planning, um, and when you start to look at it over a longer term, then making a sacrifice of you know, 6, 12, 18 weeks, whatever it is, is a sacrifice worth paying. It's only when you get really stuck into, right, next, next, oh, I'm I'm fit now, so I want to go and get another PB here and here, and I'll maximise. I was actually chatting to a runner at the weekend about this, and she's just come off the back of a marathon where she ran a brilliant PB, and Mm -hmm. now she's dropped in a load of more races and she's got a load more PBs, and I'm kind of going, well, look, at some point you need to stop. You need to stop, absorb everything you've done, almost lose a little, not almost detrain a little bit, or at least give your body some adaptive time and then build the foundations. And you'll do be doing that from a higher level, a higher base than you were last year. Um, But yes, there will be some sacrifices. You will come back to running feeling a little bit rusty. The first interval session back will feel pretty rough, but you'll, you'll get back into it. And the idea is we go through these cycles where we just we're building up each time we go through this block, but that doesn't mean it's a this linear process. And I think sometimes people find that really difficult it, of like, Oh, a step back to go two steps forwards. It feels mm. like, you know, you. it's you're a leap of faith, up. isn't it? In some senses.
3: Yeah. yeah. If we're talking longevity, it, it, it is. if we're talking like longevity and with running and people mm. s- sort of pitching it, you know, wanting to have long careers where they are, achieving goals that they want and not sort of falling foul of injury or any of those things I feel like that the base is the bit that they need is the most crucial to longevity right like that's kind of the area where as you say the sacrifice is made for the future for future you when it comes to running
4: yeah I think so because you know the stresses of you know a typical sort of Tuesday Thursday Saturday kind of interval training program or whatever are um eventually um Over time, will eventually start to you'll start to plateau doing that anyway. Even if you do survive it injury free, um, because ultimately the body needs a variety of of different stimulus and different sort of um, training training approaches. But I think just generally from a healthy training point of view, you need those periods um, of of. Of backing off in some areas. You might be pushing on in other areas, but backing off in some areas and I think some of that is mental as well. Of just maintaining a passion and love for it. And yeah, absolutely physically. Ultimately, most people, you're gonna run PBs from several years worth of sustained training, not just sixteen weeks of really good training. Yes, you can move your fitness along, but that's not where your best PB your lifetime PBs will be set. That will come from a long period of training a, a good block of 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 years plugged together and I, and when you look at it in that length of time these base training periods are really key in plugging all that stuff together both absorbing your higher intensity more race specific stuff and then laying down you know new muscle fibers and tissues and and, and kind of healthy lower intensity periods to then push again it's that kind of push back off push back off sort of uh flow with training that most of us we just push we push we push we break we get frustrated and then we build back up after breaking and we're straight back into the intensity again and then we we break again and it's you, you're chasing stuff the whole time and it is it's a bit of a zen sort of thing but it is a period where you're not going to be chasing stuff as much you know you you're mm. going to be Embracing the kind of slow burn, I suppose, yeah. of of, yeah. Uh, of fitness. So, if anyone had a,
1: say, they had a race coming up uh, within what should be, say, a base training period. Say, someone's got a spring marathon, back actually, they've also got a race that's in like early December. How do you sort of marry those two?
4: Yeah, and and I think it is really important from from what we were just saying around you know people being goal goal driven, and you don't want to, you don't want to, have, to to take away everybody's opportunity to enjoy racing and to be around other people. You know, because often it's it's those more intense moments, whether it's races or, or interval sessions or whatever, where people get to socialise with running. And, yeah, obviously, you need to be really careful about not just removing all of that. Look, the, the odd race is not going to fundamentally damage your base training period. And one of the things that, one of the myths about base training is that as soon as you go beyond a certain level of intensity, you're suddenly losing all the benefits. when I mean, it's just not it's, not, it's not true. It's not how bodies work. So, A, you can afford... Some you can still afford to do some higher intensity races is what the majority of your training looks like that is important, but you might also just kind of think about well, maybe you could use the races a little bit differently. So maybe you could specifically go out and run those races at a slightly lower intensity, you could pay somebody else, you could go and run a you know, you could go and run a a, a 10k at more of a marathon intensity or whatever it is. You know, you could you can mix things up, and again, you, you know, base training looks different for different people. Because it depends on, on what you're going to be doing in your goal race, obviously. Um, but it, I it don't feel like you need to cut out all racing and all intensity. But it's thinking about, you know, your this block of time, what are your overall objectives? And anything that's really getting in the way of that, which is, you know, maybe you're banging out a... 10k every other week or you know you got a couple of 10ks a few half marathons and you suddenly start to worry about getting pbs in them. all of a sudden it's not a base training period anymore so by all means go and race your 10k your half marathon but set realistic expectations for the training phase you're in and then you won't get tempted to go and batter it or be really hard on yourself or drop in training that you maybe isn't best placed at this time of year so still race but set sensible expectations based upon what you're trying to get out of this period i would say
1: Great. Tom, thanks very much for coming on the Runners World podcast again. Great to uh, hear you talk about base training. And um, I'm sure we, we'll have you back on again soon if, you, if, you, if you'll come back on.
4: Absolutely. You know, yeah, I always love it. It's always good to chat to you guys. And um, thanks very much for having me.
1: So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World
3: podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Tom Craggs, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of uh, Runners World for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Run As World podcast, to get this exclusive listener offer.
2: And you can listen to the Run As World UK podcast on Acast, iTunes, all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Run As World UK and please do subscribe. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week.
1: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.